0: This fan base is amazing, the city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff, runs to the right, he's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Bearcats! 25, toward the middle of the field at the 35, and he is gone! Trey Tucker will take it 98 yards To the house! Ball poked away by DeJulius. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. DeJulius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight. The one-handed catch. Hands it off to Marcus Jones. He has tackled it to 34. And it is over. Zero losses. Zero doubts. Opportunity seized as the Bearcats send a message to the college football world. Did you see that? So, post-game roundtable: Cincinnati at Tulsa. Um, <laughs> this was probably one of the ugliest games we've had in a long time. No credit to. Uh, Really, even the Bearcats for doing that. That was all a ref show um, for the entire game, honestly. I'm kind of impressed that uh, the game was only a 10-point game, and I'm honestly kind of impressed that Tulsa did not end up scoring there at the end because it was one of those situations where it really just felt like the game was trying to get handed away. That was definitely a trap game. Um, We've kind of talked about that before. Tulsa's never easy. I believe it was three out of the last four games were decided by one score. Um, and so you can't really expect to get out of there clean. Um, I think Tulsa ended up also winning the last game when we were in Tulsa um, back in whew, uh, 2016, I think was the last time we were there. So it's definitely not a uh, fun <laughs> road matchup, but Bearcats ended up squeaking away um by the way too if anybody does want to chime in just hit the little request and i will open up the mic to you Um, because i'm sure plenty of you are uh, very unhappy about how that game went as far as the referee situation went but regardless um i think the biggest things to note here uh, the bearcats defense did a pretty good job of holding up um i think offensively we looked pretty good pretty decent um i think there was some some good plays that we had that we really kind of were able to open things up and then there was a couple of drives where we just got snuffed out really fast too uh there wasn't a ton of balance in this game on top of all the other issues that we had with just so many of these rough calls um that really weren't going our way but i will say too to a certain degree there were a lot of these things where we kind of shot ourselves in the foot um and couple of those were ticky-tack, and I think at a certain point, once you just start getting going, um, you're not really going to come back from that. Um, as then, you know, the referees, if you want to argue that they were trying to stay neutral at any point, uh, once you start going, they really like to kind of run with it. So, um, yeah, Ben Bryant in this game, wanted to go over that. Uh, 166 yards, two touchdowns to one interception, 15 for 27 on his passing this game um not the cleanest game we've seen him from him so far um that one interception there late at the end of the game looked really costly thank god the defense was able to hold up make a really good goal line stand um once again i think the bearcats defense has just been stout this year like they've been able to hold through on a lot of situations where the offense hasn't necessarily given them a whole lot to uh run with but Personally, I think we just were able to get out. Um, again, going, kind of going back to sort of that play call where we ended up passing the ball. Um, we were on what? like We we were maybe five yards out of the end zone. Um, you, you've got a couple minutes left on the clock. I'm not really sure what the what the idea was there to pass the ball because you're so close to the end zone. You're putting a lot of pressure on Ben, who had a just kind of back and forth game. I don't really think it was a great call. Um, I don't think it was a great call to throw the ball either on Ben's part, but um, I don't understand why you wouldn't just run there and then, you know, try to just punt it away. Clearly nothing was going on that drive. Um, But that's one of those things that I guess you just kind of let go and run with there. Um, Again, for anybody who does want to speak, if you got anything to say, just give us the request and you'll be good to go. Um, We'll give you the open mic, hot mic here. Um, As for rushing and receiving, Tyler Scott normally would be kind of running it up here. Um, Had a little bit more of a quiet night. Three receptions, 77 yards with a touchdown. Uh, Corey Kiner did actually break it open. Got over 100 yards in this game, 12 carries. Um, Like to see that. Things went a little bit more that way. Um, We've got cheer Cincinnati here. Um, Feel free to uh chime in whenever you want um but yeah kind of going through that chuck looked pretty solid too had a nice long run broke it open thought he was going to get in for the touchdown and then i think just kind of <laughs> ran out of gas there at the end um and ben honestly like i think he was a bit more mobile than usual granted he didn't get very far ended up netting a positive which has not been a thing he's done very often rushing yet this year um but regardless was nice just to see him kind of scramble, um, albeit sometimes it looks like he's running with a backpack on. <laughs> um, but o- overall, I think it was pretty um, pretty, pretty solid from him just getting out of some of those situations whereas he would normally take a sack. Um, yeah, nope. so uh, hey, you don't know, mind... Mean, yeah, go right ahead. I kind of want to chime in a little bit on the throwing. So I, I want to I want to know why Mardner only had like two targets the whole game like, yeah what kind of pages are we running where one the, the the DB basically has to keep him out of bounds in order to get get the catch which you know I can play defensive if, if that's <laughs> you know how to, how to how to actually guard a receiver and then the second one over the middle that might have just been a little out of reach or something like that and then secondly Tight end play is just kind of non existent compared to like last year. And yeah. I don't know if it's just Ben's style of throwing. you rather, you know, drop it in a bucket 50 yards down the field or throwing right. crossing routes or whatever. But to me, it just seems strange. Why are we not throwing to the six foot six guy, you know, Right. short yardage situations or, and then the Wiley touchdown, you know, that's like, or that was our bread and butter score. So, right. I, I don't necessarily know why we don't see more of that in some of these like, real tight tense situations and end up you know dropping the bag. Yeah, it this is this is one of those things too where I think like it really does come down to Ben's play style because ultimately on the field I mean you're going to have calls where you know your play calling is just going to end up you know kind of you're going to go for some of those deeper passes like he tends to do. You know you're going to try to find Tyler Scott wide out down somewhere downfield but um yeah, with, with the tight ends, too, I agree. I've, I said that um, this past week on um, our pod, we were talking about that and just said that it just seems odd that we're not using them as much. I think there was a certain point, too, where we weren't really using them that much. And then we hit that Navy game last year. And then that was kind of like Josh Wiley's game where he kind of broke everything open. And then we started to kind of run with it um, towards the end of the season. But you know, from what I've seen, I'm just I, I I'm too kind of surprised that, you know, given their height, given their matchup advantage, that we don't really use them that much um comparatively. And I think that really does kind of come down to how Ben just wants to kind of throw the ball. But that could be a play calling thing from Geno too. So um since he's slanging you see you guys are in here. Um, if you guys want to chime in too, feel free to question since he's flying crew. And, nice to uh, you. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate the uh, invite. I, I think the Marner question is interesting. It seems like they really bring him in only for more of the red zone type packages. Yeah. you it as sort of that, that red zone option, big in the end zone. Mm. Uh, but the team seems to mostly just have a, like a, a plethora of riches to throw to. So when you have yeah. Tyler Scott and Tucker who are kind of dominating those, uh, you know, the boundary snaps... Plus the two tight ends, plus running backs out of the backfield with Chuck McClellan, who you want to throw to. Like, there's just not everybody's going to get a lot of looks in this offense. And especially when you factor in the chemistry that that Tucker and Scott have with Bryant. And I think Bryant, I feel like tonight was a little bit of an eye opener in terms of maybe where Bryant's limitations are. Because, you know, when he's throwing deep and has time and everything, and it's on time, uh, where it's kind of a quick read the place working as called. He seems to thrive, and especially going downfield, but the minute that you kind of take away that first or second option, and he's forced to make reads in that short to intermediate space, it got a lot uglier, and, yeah. and that's what we saw tonight from Bryant. Yeah, and I honestly, like like you said, th- this is kind of just one of those games, too, where it's not, <laughs> it's never going to be pretty. Um, you know, going on the road in the AAC, a- I think the biggest thing to me for the night, I mean, on top of everything else. I, this is one big thing that I wanted to talk about too, is the penalties. I mean, I think there's a certain point where these calls are just so ticky tack. They're so, you know, overboard where there was, I think on that, one of those last drives, it was, if, if not three out of four, it was a, it was two out of three, three out of five like plays where they called through a flag maybe three or four seconds after the play had subsided. And it's just, I don't I don't understand that. I mean, I get like, you know, with offsides, I think that's one of those things where you can kind of throw a flag after the play's over. But I mean, if you see it, call it. it. It's one of those things where it's just so frustrating to see, you know, the refs kind of take over the situation. I mean, this game started at what, uh, six? O- well, I'm on central time, but started at seven o'clock for Eastern and ended at like 11 o'clock. Like the, the game place, like you can argue what you want, but like, it's just when those sort of things start to take over, it really takes the game flow out. Um, and I don't know, like there's, there's no way that Tulsa playing the way that they did should have been in the game as long as they were. Um, and I think that comes down to penalties. I will say there was a couple of the ones where like, you know, it, it just seems so ticky tack, but then there's also some of those two where, you know, defensively, you just got to be a little bit more disciplined too. Um, and I was wondering kind of from your perspective, um, for those of you who can't, uh, who speak and if anybody else wants to chime in, feel free to, um, you can just do the request for the speak. But, um, you know, I, I, I think pushing those guys when you're, when they're clearly already out of bounds, like you just got to be more disciplined than that. And it, somebody had brought this up. I don't remember where I saw the tweet at the moment, but, um, it just seems that like it it does kind of seem that Fick just seems to let a lot of these penalties go. Um, I forget which game it was. Maybe it was Kennesaw um, that he really kind of like lit a fire in their ass and he was pissed off. Um, If it wasn't Kennesaw, then it was Arkansas is one of the first two um, where he was getting really frustrated with the penalties and just kind of like, all right, you guys need to get it together. Um, And it just seems like today he just kind of like, all right, you know, it's happening. It is what it is. Like you just, I feel like, some of these things are avoidable. I mean, yards I'm sure we're going to hear something about it in the post game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I feel like Ivan Pace runs hot. And that's what he's a, he's a fantastic player. And you're not going to take that away because you want to keep getting the. I mean, it's, you know, it's discipline, it's the youth of the, of, of the defense, I think, in some true. regard. True. And. It'll just come with time. Like, you know, I don't know did Argon get called for something? I can't even remember. But, but yeah, I feel like they were chippy from the start too, which just made us a little more on edge. And when things were going our way, yeah, we're just gonna. You're just gonna see more of that, which is, you know, not what you want to see at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where, like. You're you're talking late game scenarios when this game is as close as it is. I mean, 10 points is a nice cushion when you're going into the final few minutes. Better than it being three or less, but those penalties will really start to catch up with you. I mean, that's I that is, I believe, the reason why this was not a, you know, 14 plus, you know, kind of differential here. Um, but you know, I I agree too with kind of what you said there too. And uh, you know, some of those guys run hot. You just gotta you kind of got to go with the flow on these but um i don't know I, I i really feel like some of these things have to be cleaned up especially going into later playing conference i mean i'm not ucf has been a definitely an interesting topic this year because it kind of been all over the board but um you know if you're looking at that ucf game that we've got on the road I really don't want to be worrying about penalties when we get to that point. I want to be worrying about whether or not our offense is clicking as far as like making those receptions, making the passes correctly. And defense, you know, of course, you're not really going to worry about Um, UCF just plays so fast. Um, You're going to have they're going to score and you're going to have to keep up with it. Uh, Hopefully our defense kind of helps in. But again, those penalties, we don't want to screw ourselves out of points Um, that will happen this year like it's 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 already happened multiple times happened with arkansas um and we'll probably see it again um only going to keep this going for a couple more minutes but i did want to also um bring up you know just kind of the conversation around kind of ranking i know a lot of people you know ap poll you're just going to let it go it's we're we're kind of all dealing with this fact that it's just not going to happen this year um that we're not really going to get much respect for you know what we've got here just considering we're in the aac but um, if I look at the rankings here, I believe it was 7, 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, 21, 23. And right now, Pitt is down by five to Georgia Tech. Oh, end of the fourth. Looks like Pitt just lost uh, just now, 26 to 21 to Georgia Tech, who is one and three. So that would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams within. The top twenty-five uh, that have lost, and so <laughs> I would think there's some room for the Bearcats to move up. Curious what you guys think about that, and um, if we really care right now. We'll sneak in. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get this week five. Right more so than being ranked, for just I'm just personally watching all the G5 teams and seeing who we're in the in the end we're going to be in a uh, race with for that new year six spot. That is a great point. Which Coastal pulled pulled a game out of their ass tonight. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw that. If you saw that game or not, but um, I think between us, you know, and I was talking to a buddy earlier tonight. Um, potentially our senior night, the Tulane game might be a pre-conference championship game. You know, like an early yeah. Game. And I like pick at that, and that's a game that I think you know they come to town, nothing to lose yep it's you know thanksgiving weekend crowds are never great that you see so right who the hell knows what and it probably will be snowing or something like yeah. that so <laughs> who the hell knows what, what, that'll, what that'll look like at the end of the season but that's really all i'm kind of focused on right now that's that's a good point too and honestly like i think it's so funny because um steve's not on the call here steve uh for those of you who don't listen to the weekly pod um as my co-host he's um We're, we're both big fans of Tulane. We just love watching them in basketball. I think it's fun. Like they're just a team that you don't really expect to do a lot. And then sometimes shows up and this year in football, man, it's, it's crazy to watch kind of where they're at and you make a great point. Like I would not have said at the beginning of the year that that would be a potential conference championship matchup, but the possibility is real. I mean, they seem to be getting it done right now. I believe they're sitting at right four and one. So, um, yeah tulane's got it going and it's it really is going to be interesting to see how those things shake out Um, you know like i said i think kind of looking at the rest of our schedule here um, if we're going back you know kind of on the things that we need to pay attention to going down the stretch um usf definitely does not look convincing they just got blown out by ecu today um we're on the road to smu smu is sitting currently at two and two not too concerned about them at all this year ucf still uh you never know what you're going to get with them um currently i believe they sit at three and one and so it's just one of those things navy you're going to take care of ecu late in the season we've got them at home uh it's in november i'm not too concerned about that but you never know i mean ECU ecu did take uh i'm trying to remember who it was i'm going to look real quick they took somebody down to the wire nc state Down to the wire. (laughs) NC State, (laughs) yeah. Um, And that was uh, kind of fudged there at the end, 21-20 end to that game. You kind of would have hoped that they pull off that upset because that would have been great for our schedule as well. Um, With NC State also losing today, so that actually makes 10 out of the top 25 that have lost. So uh, with the Bearcats sitting just outside, we shouldn't have an issue in theory, but, you know, of course, some of these teams are going to shift around. But I think there's enough movement in the 20s slot in the low – or sorry, the high teens that we should be fine. Um, And then Temple, of course, we're not going to worry about. But Tulane, yeah, Tulane is that last game, regular season game of the season. Um, Like you said, they're going to be playing with nothing to lose, um, and it's going to be the last time that they're going to get to play us in football. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Tulane comes out swinging. I mean, if they keep consistent the way they've been playing this so far this year, um, they are going to be concerning. So um, it's one of those things we just kind of keep an eye on. Um, as for the rest of the G5, I think the Sunbelt is going to cannibalize itself as it usually does. Um, and you know, I'm not going to really be concerned about Mountain West either. So, um, I think the Bearcats should be in a good spot looking at that New Year's six bowl towards the end of the year. But, um, from everything that we've got today, I think there was kind of a ugly, but, um, overall good enough win that we sneak out um and get on the plane get wheels up and never come back to Tulsa Oklahoma again at least for football we'll have them of course at least one more time um I th- believe for basketball so um again I think that's just about all we've got for this week um, I want to thank everybody for chiming in uh, it's nice we've kind of got a fuller house in here than we usually do um so it's nice to see some new faces in here Again, if you're not checking out our podcast weekly, we do release one about every Wednesday um, with plenty of information. Sometimes we go way too long. (laughs) Sometimes we keep it short. But we've got everything Bearcats for you. So if you're not following that, please go check that out on Spotify or Apple Pods, wherever you might listen to that. Um, And it was nice talking to you guys. appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yep, take care, guys. Have a good night. Go Bearcats.